Mr. Pop. Oh my God, what a bunch of Duran Duran wannabes. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello everyone and welcome to Ruck and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier and uh, just off the top, just on a serious note, unfortunately uh, Mark Fine's not with us this week uh, because uh, there's been a bereavement in uh, in Finey's family. So to to Mark and uh, to Nanette and all the family, uh, our thoughts and wishes go with you and we hope, uh, you know, it's a tough time always when you lose someone. We hope you get through this okay and uh, hopefully Finey will be back with us next week. So uh, all our best to the the Fine family. Brian Mannix joins me as usual. Hello, little Mano, how are you? Oh, little Mano's good. He's uh, he's up and about. He's, he's at the local pub yes. doing the show live from the local pub today, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, I've got a bit of a pop going and, it's, you know, it's lovely. Very nice. Well, I'm pleased that you've got, uh, you know, the outside broadcast part of uh, the, the rock and roll thing sorted. Who who are you having a beer with before I introduce our fill-in uh, host? Who are you having a beer with? Um, my Scottish friend, Derek. Yeah. And... My um, other mate is uh, Matt the Copper, so we're all good. Right, okay. Well, our fill-in host is a man who I know listens to this program religiously, and that doesn't mean only on Sundays. He listens to it all the time. He's, in fact, got a, a, a picked a few bones with you over the years. He's I a, have noticed that. Yes. <laughs> he's been in the broadcast industry for a number of years, uh, working at 3AW and Southern FM and a whole stack of places. Uh, he's a good bloke, and he's a mad, uh, not only Skyhooks fan, but a mad Australian music fan, so I thought he'd fit in perfectly. Hello, Ken Francis. How are you? Good morning or good evening or whenever anyone happens to be listening. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Brian. How are you, Hello, mate? Ken. <laughs> I am good and happy, unfortunate uh, circumstances. I'm here, so the best of finding and family, but uh, I'm here off the interchange bench. I've thrown off the dressing gown. I've got some oranges and I'm ready to go. All right. Beautiful. Uh, now, it was re- it was remiss of me last week. I should have mentioned this, but I'm not, I'm not a big milestone person, but last week was actually our 150th show, Brian. Really? Yes. Well, what a beauty. So uh, I just want to make special mention of Steve Vischer, who's the bloke who produces this program uh, each week, who does a terrific job of uh, making sure we've not been put in jail in the last 150 yep. episodes. So <laughs> thank, thank you to Steve for, for making sure we're still employed by other people because they don't hear some of the stuff that we actually do on this podcast that does get edited out every now and again. Yeah, I reckon I'd have a few... Uh uh, more suits against you for some of the things <laughs> I've said, but um, thank you, Steve. You yes. do a great job. And and uh, 150th show. Well, actually, uh, we've done, actually done a couple more shows than that because I don't know if you remember, Brian, but the very first show we did in that uh, little studio on Yarraville where we used to go pre-COVID, yeah. um, uh, we, we, for all intents and purposes, thought it had worked well and was a great first show and we were really happy. And then after you two left, I discovered that uh, it hadn't actually recorded at all. Ah, right. So, so. <laughs> so we've actually done 152 shows, but we won't talk about the other one. But the, the 150th officially last week. So, uh, Brian, you can have a drink uh, in celebration. Well, I am. I've got a pot in my hand, Kev, as we speak. Well, and, get, um, get Derek, Derek, and the rest of the uh, the. Uh, Derek, I keep thinking of Derek Smalls from um, Spinal Tap. <laughs> Jeez. Well, a bit similar. Well, get get Derek and uh, and the other members of the band there just to give us a bit of a cheer, Brian. Oh, hang on. I'll hang bottoms, on. A bit of a bottoms up. All right, hang on. I'll, I'll get them. Can you guys give a cheer to my podcast? Thanks. Cheers. 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 There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> live from the drip tray there in uh, Airport West. It's, well, it's all beautiful. It's a lovely beautiful thing. thing. It's a lovely thing. Yeah. could have been a lot worse. could have been much worse. Hey, uh, Ken, now, you, you're, I know your your passion is music and uh, you get to a lot of gigs. Has, has COVID knocked your uh, your music, uh, you know, uh, around a fair bit, getting to live gigs and stuff? Oh, it, it has, totally. I mean, not as much as uh, it's not people like Brian around, of course. Uh, mine's just purely my passion and uh, supporting the guys and turning up and seeing live gigs. But, you know, I'd, I'd have them penciled in on the calendar weekly, but there's yeah. just been nothing. And when one comes around, it's, it's like you're suddenly thinking, oh, I, I've got to go out. Yeah. I've got to get to a gig. How do I do this? And, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's just been very sad. And uh, to see what's happened to the entertainment business through the yeah. COVID situation in Australia, it's just devastating. Yeah, and I feel sorry for a lot of the pubs and stuff because 
I know um, a friend of uh, Maxie Wars has got a nightclub hasn't been able to be run. He's now got a $260,000 rent bill. Oh. And, you know, with, you know, hardly any chance of, you know, coming back because you've only got so many people allowed in your nightclub. So, yeah, there's a lot of people doing it tough. And, uh, well, you know, it's just what it is. We've just got to get on with it and do our best, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Unlike our state government. But anyway, that's Oh, another that's story. another thing and that'll just, you'll, you'll just give Steve more editing work to do if you start on that. <laughs> You do make a good point, Brian. The inconsistencies across the board. Yep. I mean, I was at the, the footy on Sunday at the, the MCG in Melbourne and, you know, everybody was there and I was sitting next to a guy on my left who I had no idea who he was and, you know, there was people in front, people behind me and there's suddenly all these restrictions in place and have been in place for a long time now for, for live music venues, which just make no sense. Yeah. Yeah, you can have twenty five thousand at the um, at the football, but you know you can only have so many at your funeral or your wedding, which is you know that's it, sort of not real good for people's mental health. Well, the no. thing is that they, they seem to have con- done controlled areas a little bit too much. I went to the supermarket yesterday and did the the QR check in thing, and I reckon while I was standing there doing that, which takes all of about you know a minute and a half, I reckon five people walked past me into the supermarket and didn't check in. So what's yes, the, so yes. what's the point? Yeah, it's, um, that's, other states have been really good with that um, QR check-in stuff. Queensland was really good, and I believe Adelaide's real good with it too. Um, but in Melbourne, we're sort of, you know, it's sort of half-hearted about it. Yeah. I, I, I guess I guess you've got the benefit, Kevin, knowing that you have checked in, and if one of those five that's wandered in should be in any way infectious, that uh, you can be traced and you can be tracked, and it's a bit of security for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know where I was. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where they were or where they've been or what they've been doing. But uh, just, Ken, on a, on, a, on a sort of serious note, I mean, uh, the impact that's had on Brian uh, is, is and, and with me as well, is that it takes away part of your livelihood and, and what you do for a living and stuff. But as someone who goes to gigs as part of your, your enjoyment of life, has is it, is it kind of sapped a bit of that out of your, out of your being? Oh, totally. Yeah. Because, you know, it was a thing, it was part of life that you never really thought about. The gigs would come up and you'd go along. And not only were you enjoying the live music and seeing your mates on stage, but you're also seeing your mates in the crowd and everybody was getting together. And we're human animals and we're, we're sociable and we love to socialise with, with our life and, and to have all that taken away. And, you know, there's only so long that you can you stay at home and watch a band do their thing online and, and that's it's just not the same. So as I say, when a gig comes around, it's suddenly, you know, oh, here we go. How do yeah. I do this again? And then you've got the the added thing of there's a gig coming up. Do I book? What's going to happen? Everything is so uncertain. Is it going to be postponed? Is it going to be cancelled? I see the, the Simple Minds tour, Simple Minds and OMD that's been postponed a number of times now. This week was just flat out cancelled. Oh, because really? Because they're obviously just they're just giving up. They're just giving away and and thinking it's just not worth putting on hold. And the other thing you're going to look at is also that when things do get back to some sort of normal, there are so many tours and so many acts and so many shows that are now all banked up that have been postponing, postponing. Where are they all going to fit in when it when it does get to the stage where we can open up again and and venues are ready to book? Yeah. Because there's just no way that all these bands are going to be able to get on stages and venues and tour, and it's just going to be a really weird situation. I also believe that there are some acts that we will never see live again. Yeah, I agree. Like who? 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 I, you're thinking of your older acts. I know Rod Stewart has postponed at least once, and he's talking about coming early next year. You, know, you really can't see if that's going to happen and he's not getting any younger. You've got the Rolling Stones. Yep. Yeah. There's two of massive events. They can't go out and play to you know, 50%, 70% capacity. It's not viable. It, when it does get to the stage where they can, how old are these acts going to be? Yeah. They're going to be you – know, um, won't be match fit because they haven't been touring yeah. for such a long time now. And I really believe we've probably seen the last of Paul McCartney yeah. I can't see that he's going to be able to tour again. The Stones again, they might be able to do a one-off event here and there. You know, ACDC, how is that going to work on a world scale? Well, who knows? Um, they've, they've got Brian back, I think, uh, which is good. Yep. And yep. Um, 
they've got another young in the band. I think it's uh, Malcolm's son, is it? Steve, Stevie's nephew. Ah, okay. And um, and they've got the, the New Zealand drummer back. So he's a really good drummer, that guy, too. So at least they've got some semblance of ACDC. But, um, yeah, but Brian Johnson, how old is he? 70 plus, wasn't he? Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah, easily. Easily. He was around I mean, if you, if you, Geordie. If you can tour, if you can tour parts of America uh, and not other parts in Europe, you're off the charts, and maybe you can do Sydney, but you, you know, this is not something that's all just going to even itself out in the next few months. And the other thing that, no. that, that we, when we talked about this a couple of weeks back on the on the uh, podcast, Bruce Springsteen, for instance, is playing in uh, in New York at the moment, and if you're not vaccinated, you can't get in. And if it had the AstraZeneca uh, uh, vaccination, you weren't going to be allowed in. So how does Springsteen come to Australia, given that me and Brian and I don't know which one you've had, Ken, but you've probably had the Pfizer one. Um, no, sadly, I wasn't young enough. Oh, you've got Pfizer. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an AZ man. AZ man. So we've all had the uh, the AZ vaccination. So according to <laughs> what Springsteen's been playing in uh, in America, because it's not uh, FDA approved in America, the AstraZeneca, he won't come here and play because half of Australia has uh, been vaccinated with that, and, and certainly most of the people who'd be going to see Bruce Springsteen would be having the AstraZeneca vaccination. Yeah. So, so it's all that. Yeah, and how do you how, how do you dictate and how do you prove? And yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 horrible to, to. The good news is though, Brian, I think you've got a couple of gigs, haven't you? You've you've done one. Yeah, and you've got a couple so coming up. Yeah, I've got um, playing in Bridgeway in uh, Adelaide at Baraka uh, on Friday night, and then I'm playing at Dudasar Footy Club on Saturday night. So nice to get a little bit of work and. Um, a bit of the country, so that'll be good. And can um, I also point out, is is uh, not your song with uh, the Androids that you did, the cover version of the Britney Spears song, is that now available on all the... Uh, it is. It's available on all the streaming services, and um, we've released it to coincide with the free Britney movement. We've got to free her now. Right. Not next week. Not, you know, in two days, so we need to free Britney now. Fair enough. That's, that's what this hashtag says, Free Britney Now. Is, um, so, the, that's a really, that's a most bizarre story. Have you been following that, Ken? I ha- isn't it weird? I mean, it, American law is sometimes totally unrelatable to our country. Oh, yeah. But to, to just have, and she, you know, she's 39 now, which is hard to fathom sometimes. Yeah, it is. But, you know, she's, yeah. she's, not, she's not a teenager. She's a 39-year-old woman. Here's, here's her father running her affairs against her wishes. Just a bizarre situation. Kind of makes it when she shaved her head sort of makes sense now because once she shaved her head, well, she you know she couldn't work. She couldn't you know go and see her in Vegas with her head shaved. Yep. And that was probably really just a cry for help to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I need a holiday, and I'm going to not look like Britney Spears. And um, you know, I think it was a desperate cry for help that she was you know being pushed into doing a whole lot of shit that she didn't want to do. Yeah. So. You know, she, admittedly, she did nearly drop the baby, but you know, so did Michael Jackson. It, um, oh, Brian, it, um, <laughs> it's yeah, money. Uh, we talk about the root of all evil, but that's what this is all about in the end, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm just the, the little bits and pieces I've read. I'm not sure that anyone actually gives it two figs about Britney's health. It's more about where Britney's money's gone or going. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm very concerned about her money. I'd, I'd like some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Geez, you're a humanitarian, yeah. Mannix. Well, oh. wait a minute. There's been no job keeper. So surely, you know, Brittany, if I help her out by, you know, getting her free now, then, you know, she can swing me a few bucks to sort of, you know, take over from JobKeeper. Well, she didn't write one more time, did she, baby, one more time? I don't think so. I think that was written uh, by one of those Swedish um, the, the pop songwriters. Well, uh, what's that guy from? We love him. His name. What's his name? Um, oh, Benny. What is it? Oh, Clive. Bjorn. Uh, he's in a heart. That guy. Oh, Morton Hackett. No, the other guy. Oh, one of the other ones. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's Morton Hackett and the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it something like what happened to Renault Gay at Perth Factor or something like that? His name is. Oh, I can't remember, but. You sure, you think yeah, of Aha? Right. Not you. Sure, you're not thinking of Roxette, the bloke in Roxette. No, some guy in Aha. I think he's got this crazy name that I just love. It's like 
I can't remember. Oh, okay. Something Basher or something, because I used to always say, what happened to Renee Gaya? Perth Basher. But anyway, oh, doesn't okay. matter. All right. Uh, All right. I'll tell I'm you what, on a long talking day. about Swedish and, uh, and Britney and pop songs, you want to watch a really good series. There's one on Netflix at the moment called This Is Pop. Uh, it's actually pretty good. There's some. There's a couple of funny weirdo episodes in there with some rap stuff, but it's a. It's actually a really good little series. It talks about Sweden's influence in pop and talks about country music, and uh, it's it's actually not bad. I recommend. Oh, it. that sounds good. Yeah, recommend it. It's not bad. It's only. I think it's only about eight eps, so it's not. Uh, you don't have to sign the rest of your life away to to do it. Now, as I'll promised. You, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, no, go on. You do it. Oh, then I'll tell you what we're doing. I was just going to tell you what I've been watching a little bit late of late. Oh yeah, and um, and you know, you know, I kind of like Trumpy. I think he's very entertaining, but I'm starting to warm to Joe Biden because he's so incompetent. Oh, it's hilarious. He's sitting there. Well, if you want to get things done in the Congress, well, you you just got it. But but anyway, it's like oh, blimey, this guy's. Senile, he's no good at all. But God, he's funny. Got a little hair transplant and his little step and his well-made suit. Oh, he's a piss of this week. <laughs> <laughs> and Kamala Harris, oh, God, she's a joke too. She's hilarious. Yeah, all right, that's what I've been doing. Sorry, so you've, go you've, on to what, what's no, you've, important. You've found your entertainment value in the US president's, uh, president's office, which is exactly what we all finished up doing with Donald Trump in the end. Well, I saw Donald Trump's rally the other day, and he goes, do you want me to do the snake? And all the crowd goes, yeah, do the snake. And then he just reads out this poem about some virtuous woman who takes a snake in, and then, of course, the snake gets well and bites her and kills her, which I think is an analogy for the border. But I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) He's been getting good crowds at those rallies, though. Yeah, 65,000, and he doesn't sing a song. It's terrific. Sixty-five thousand people turned up to a Trump rally. Yeah, and forty-five to the other one. Goodness gracious me! Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're all happy. He'll be back. He'll be back. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I promised last week that we do chart attack at the start of the show because right. uh, we we keep getting we keep bum, bumping it <laughs> because we run out of uh, room talking about other stuff. So we're going to do the footy at the end, and we'll do chart attack at the at the start. It is the three XY hot hits. A chart from the 6th of December, 1985. I put my hand up and say, yes, I was at 3XY in December, 1985. Um, And I was playing most of the songs that are on this top 40. And my God, I have to say, maybe 30 of them I wasn't enjoying playing. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't the only one. Oh, it, uh, you know, you look back sometimes and you think that it's a much more, you know, better music period than then you look at the chart and go, oh, no, it wasn't actually. It was very ordinary. Yeah, we sort of forget about the stinkers and just remember the good ones. But um, there's a lot more stinkers that we've forgotten about. Well, the hot, the hot hits to happen are kind of cute as well when you look at those and work out who was working that list out. Kids in the Kitchen, My Life, I can't say that's a song I remember, Brian. Is that one Scott does in the, in the Ab Fab show? No, I don't. I don't think it is. I think it was um, probably a fourth or fifth single from the uh, Shine album. Right. Um, I don't know it at all. No, I don't either. I'll ask him about it. Yeah. Oh, Scott probably doesn't even know it now. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, he's not as bad as me, Kev. No, I don't. His memory's a little bit better than mine. <laughs> yes. Well, I, <laughs> that, that wouldn't be too hard, Brian. Let's be honest. Now, uh, uh, you, you, you're probably right, right though, Brian, because I, I think that was one of the latter singles off the album. I mean, the album did great business. And I think on that chart, Kevin, it's number five. Top 10. Yeah, it's, number five. Yeah, yeah, the Shine album. The album's five, so it's it's yeah, the right. it's the it's the highest Australian album in that in that one ahead of. It's called uh, Life Hurts in the album. Uh, let me have a look as I go down the album chart here. I can't see it, Brian. Uh, we must have just peaked and gone by now. Yeah, no. Okay. Huda Gurus in the album chart. The Huda Gurus are in there. The models are in there. Out of mind, out of sight. Oh, look. Uh, hunting high and low. Aha, are in there at number twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> It's funny you should mention Absolutely by the Eurogliders are in there. Um, you're like this one, Brian. I'll do this just for you. Number 22 on the album chart, Nervous Night by the Hooters. Well, I wanted to always form a Hooters cover band, a Hooters tribute band, Kev. <laughs> so you there's, did. There's nothing, there's nothing people like more than, you know, hearing a few Hooters songs Ex- belted out. Exactly. But, 
I love it. <laughs> I do. Uh, and then Divinals were in there with Life and Pseudo Echoes, Love and Adventure was in there and Kids in the Kitchen, they were the Australian albums in the top 30. The other the other yeah. hot hits to happen, Say I'm Your Number One by Princess. Remember that? What a dreadful song. No. <laughs> oh, it was awful. King for a Day oh. by the Thompson Twins. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That wasn't all that good. Tonight she comes for the cars. I, I, re, I, re, I remember that Thompson Twins track more than I remember the Thompson Twins track that's actually in the top 40 on that particular day, which is bizarre. Oh, which is the ones in the top 40? I must have missed. Oh, do, 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 do. Had, uh, don't mess with Dr. Dream at number 32. Oh, okay. No, which I don't, I don't remember, but I, I do remember King for a Day. Uh, yeah, me too. Actually, I don't remember Don't Mess with Dr. Dream either. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the worst song of all time is in this chart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, tonight she comes the cars. This time by In Excess, which wasn't a bad song. And if looks could kill by Nonna Hendrix, who I think was a member of La Belle. If my mind. I think she's Jimmy's sister. She is not Jimmy's <laughs> sister at all. You, you want to hear her play a left-handed guitar? She <laughs> is unreal. <laughs> all right. So it's the best and worst three. <laughs> Uh, of uh, songs that you've had a look. Ken, I'm going to let you uh, lead us off with your, your your number three in the best and your number three in the worst. What do you got for us? Oh, okay. Uh, let me have a look. Number three, a little bit predictable, but uh, it's, it's probably been a little bit burnt as far as airplay goes, but uh, if you take your mind back to when it happened, number 37 Dancing in the Street by David Bowie and Mick Jagger. The Ooh. fact that they did to raise money for Live Aid, the fact that they did it in a day and then did the, the video that night, if you actually just sit down and watch it for what it was, it was just the two of them having an absolute ball, and that's what comes across in the record for me. But um, as I say, it's probably been played to death since. Yep. But if you take your mind back to 1985, I mean, that song was just huge. Is that, in yeah, your, is that, is that good or bad for you? That's in your best three? I would put that in uh, the, one of the best three. The okay. ones that I like, I actually like in this chart, but there's a lot of stickers in there oh, that I don't. Yeah. So which is uh, your number three worst song in there? Oh, the number three worst where you can take your pick. Oh, I don't yes, want to pick any, but uh, Brian's going to pick. No, no, no. no go for it. Gazumping is, so, uh, is, a, is a past uh, master, uh, you know, yeah. sort of craft in this sh- program. All right. Take me to track, uh, let's have a look, number 26 on the 3XY Hot Hits chart from the 6th of December, 1985, Kevin. Yes. Sleeping Bag. Sleeping Bag by ZZ Cop. Woeful. Yeah. I don't remember Sleeping Bag. I'm I'm struggling myself, Bri. We used to call kids at school that weren't circumcised. Oh, you got a sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as long as you didn't call them ZZ Top. <laughs> well, that's right. They, they really are complicated, is that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, sleeping me. bag was off. It was when, was when ZZ Top, of course, hit the 80s with the videos and the girls and the cars. And, yep. And, the, you know, they had some great tracks, but this was not one of them. It's awful. If you haven't listened to it later. <laughs> Yeah, I liked. I must admit, I liked ZZ Top's early stuff. Their, their, their latter day stuff didn't do a lot for me, to be honest. That car of theirs, that was um, one of the guys in the band's personal car, Billy Gibbons, and, I think. Yeah, and so he put it in the film clip, and then they ended up using it as kind of an emblem for the band. So all the work that he'd done on it was tax deductible. Oh, <laughs> you're a cynic, Mannix. No, it's true. I, you know, I used to have a very successful radio show in Perth. Uh, yes. I had to look up information. Fair enough. And uh, you know, I put up one of the things I found out. Very good. Okay. You, you, you had to you had to do prep, Brian. Oh well, I did actually. Yeah, because there were so many shit songs. You had to say something about them, otherwise, they'd <laughs> more shit songs. <laughs> and that was a show that was based on the eighties, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, well, and, you would have, uh, you would, you're right in your element with 1985 then. All right. Well, yeah. All yeah, right. I was. Well, give me, All right. give, me uh, give me your number three best and your number three worst. Okay. I'm going to go for, um, hang on. For my number three best, I'm going best. to go for, uh, where is it? Uh, hang on. Number 28. Number 28. No promises by. No Promises by Ice House. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good song. Don't mind that one. Yeah. Um, now, my worst mm-hmm. will be, um, oh, I think I might have number 34, 
broken wings by Mr. Mister. <laughs> <laughs> is that it's okay? These golden wings let me fly again. Is that the one? Yep. Uh, that's it. That's a stinker. Yep. Boom. yep. What have you got, Kev? All right. My number three worst. I got to say, this chart is full of some of the worst cover versions of songs ever done. Um, and, right. and one you've mentioned already, uh, Ken, makes my number three worst is Dancing in the Streets by David Bowie and, uh, and Mick Jagger. Because I just thought uh, that was the one where they go, it's Australia, America, Australia, New York, London. We're just taking, we're just taking the piss. I think the worst thing about that film clip was their clothes. Mick wearing purple pants and a yep. green shirt, and Bowie's in all sorts of leopard skin, and it's. They look incredibly gay with each other while they're sort of looking at each other and that, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But there is something wrong with the purple pants and the green shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. The fashion stunk. I thought the version of the – I love the song. Always love the song. And I just thought, uh, yeah, just – so what we do, so we both sing it, David, and we both, you know, we, and we can punch around and look like, you know, we, we really care about the starving. You know, can I have another, can I have another ca- caviar sandwich, please? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Another bottle of bulb, please. It looked to me like – it looked like they were channeling the two ab fab women and doing a, doing a song. <laughs> that's what it looked that's like. good description. So that's what I reckon. That's my number three. It's lucky it didn't get bumped up a bit higher, to be honest. And my number one good, um, I can't go past, it's number 18 on the chart, I think. Yeah, the Tats version of Born to be Wild. I love the song and uh, just, yeah, I thought Angry and the Boys did a pretty good version of it. Well, it was better than Suddenly. Anything was better than suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly yeah. was a that was a bit of a yeah. Okay, move on. Yes, move on. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so, can we go back to now? You with your number two, good and bad. Mm, number so, two. You, you look at the bad songs. It's, it's hard to pick just three. I mean, Neil doing "Hole in My Shoe." I mean, that that could definitely get a place. Yeah. But um, you know, look at number two. And there was, there was acts from the 70s that sort of were big in the 70s and then disappeared. And I always thought, you know, gee, it would be great if they came back. Surely they've got another hit in them. Yeah, One yeah. was Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean was huge in 1976 with Love Really Hurts Without You. Yep. Oh, great song. I always thought, what happened to that guy? It was just such a great song. It jumped out of the radio. I absolutely loved it. And then, of course, in the 80s, he came back. And I yeah. wish he had <laughs> things like, Get out of my dreams and into my car oh. and Caribbean Queen and and another act along those uh, along those lines was a band called Heart, oh, who I yes. loved in the seventies. Anne and Nancy Wilson loved them in the seventies with Barracuda and Magic Man and those type of things. And then they, they came back in the eighties, and I hated everything that they did. And uh, number twelve on the Free XY Music Survey from the sixth of December, nineteen eighty-five, was a song called. What about love? What about it, Ken? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say their 80s incarnation was anywhere near as startling as Dreamboat Annie and that album in the 70s. No. No, badly. Yeah, uh, I love the, the – I reckon the opening riff of Barracuda is one of the best opening riffs of a song to play on the radio ever. Absolutely. <laughs> love that. All right, so what's your number two good one? What, what makes you feel good out of 1985? Uh, well, supporting the Aussies, uh, there are a, a few good tracks in amongst here. I could have gone with uh, the great Chris Tahini and Geisha with Kabuki, which was at number 20 yeah. on this chart. That's a yeah. great track. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with the one that's in at the first first week in at number 40, just scraped into the chart this week, and the mighty Eurogliders. Can't wait to see you. It's one of those Eurogliders tracks that a lot of people have forgotten about. They all remember heaven, of course, but can't wait to see you. It's just an up rocking track. I loved it. Yeah. No, good song. Good song. Yeah, the lovely Grace Knight and uh, and the equally lovely Bernie. Uh, yeah, almost, almost equally. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, all right, Brian. What do you got? Number two, good, and number two, bad. Um, okay, number two, good. She was it's tough. <laughs> um, what to find a good I one? Might, yeah, oh, I've got more than enough bad ones to. Yeah. Um, you so, know, I can't fit all my bad ones in, so I'm going to stick this one in. They came out in 1983, and they had this song, and everybody at the radio station decided 
this is a good song to play in peak hours. <laughs> so it's 1983 in every traffic jam on every freaking radio station you listen to, you hear f***ing talking ahead. Here's my French. <laughs> We're on a road to nowhere. Really? Oh, for traffic. Yeah, great. For 40 f***ing years, give me a break. God, I hate that band. No, that is shit. And you know it, Ken. You know it. You can't argue, with the, you can't argue with the science. That is shit. <laughs> Uh, you know what? You know what's worse, Brian. What's that, Kevin? Tell him what was the number one album on this particular chart. Ah, Little Creatures by Oh Guess, the Talking Heads. Oh, shoot me now! <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to admit, uh, Brian, I, I was never a big Talking Heads fan. I like some of the stuff, but uh, the way radio played it, uh, just if you're even half a fan, they crucified it. Crucified. Yes. They did. They burnt, okay. they burnt them. Burnt them at the stake. Radio did. So, what's your number two good song? Um, I think we're going to have to go with the Divinal uh, "Pleasure and Pain." Yeah, I'm with you. Which is a pretty good song. It's, I don't know if it's one of their best, but it's certainly one of the best on this chart. Yeah, I'm with you. That's yeah. my number two as well. "Pleasure and Pain." Yeah. Good song. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. Uh, she, she, one of the great front, I won't say women, one of the great, uh, uh, you know, sort of central people in a band, she was the, one of the best front persons you'd ever see. Absolutely. I thought Absolutely. she was terrific. So, so that's my number two really, as well. really, really unique voice. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Now, you you uh, glided past my number two, Ken, and you sort of parked oh. it over there in the bike rack for me to pull out and, uh, and now thrust upon everybody. My number yeah, two... Go. Is is another cover version. I said the, the, this, and I've got another cover version to come for my number one worst. Uh, but Neil's version of "Hole in My Shoe," which was a great song, done by uh, Traffic back in the late sixties, I think mid to late 60s, 67, 68, something yep. like that. One of those psychedelic, uh, d- d- hard to understand lyrics because they were all obviously LSDing off their heads. Um, but good. a terrific song, terrific vocal performance, a really good band. Traffic. The only good thing about Neil's performance of this is in the clip that I watched, which I think was a live performance on what was that big um, English show where they all went and did all their hits. Um, top of the pops. Yeah, top of the pops. He was on top of the pops, and I think he was. He might have been co-hosting or whatever. And they got him on, and about a minute into it, he does the first uh, chorus of the first verse and chorus of, of the song, and you know does all the weird stuff that Neil does from the young ones, and then looks down the barrel of the camera and says, "Listen to the lyrics, Paul Weller." Was about oh. the only, the only engaging thing about the whole thing was that he took the piss out of Paul Weller uh, halfway through it, um, and apart from that, it is it is just the most awful, god awful version of a, what was basically a, a really good song. So he gets my vote at number two. Now Ken, we're dragging yeah, we're dragging the big guns out. Ken Francis is with us. He's uh, fortunately, as we mentioned, finally can't be with us this week. Uh, so number one, good and bad, Ken. Well, again, as Brian says, there's just so much bad to choose from here. <laughs> you just don't know what to do. I mean, Election Day. Do you remember the band Arcadia? Well, I wanted to discuss when, that yeah. with, with the pair of you. I'm glad you brought that up. Gone. It, it was sort of like an offshoot of Duran Duran when they weren't quite getting on. And, and oh. It was just an awful song. That could be there. But I actually it didn't get played that much on the radio at the time and it hasn't lasted the distance. But one that has, and I do hear pop up on the airwaves still, I'll, I'll go for it as my number one. It was number 10 on this particular chart uh, by a guy called Midjua oh, from yeah. Ultravox, a song called If I Was. And from the moment I heard it, I hated it. And it was one of those ones where I thought, oh, this will probably stick around for a month or two and I'll never have to hear it again. I think I've heard it every month for the next 40 years. And I still hate it. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree yeah. with you there. It wasn't one of my favourites. Uh, but it sort of didn't etch itself uh, that firmly in my head that I remembered it. That Arcadia thing, I must admit, I listened to that without watching the film clip and thought, oh, my God, what a bunch of Duran Duran wannabes. I'd forgotten. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about it. Simon- it was Simon Le Bon, wasn't it? Well, it was three of them. The only one, there was one, yeah. of the ta- one of the Taylors wasn't in it, but the other three were. Um, so it was basically, yeah, yeah it was a, it was a, a it was way to give it a power, power station because John Taylor and the guitarist had gone and done the thing with Robert Palmer. So Acadia came out and 
said, well, we'll do our own bit. Yeah. Stuff you. Yeah, and it was awful. Yeah. But what is it? Number it's in the top ten here, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah number is, nine. But, um, number nine. Yeah. Good God, what an awful song! All right, so what's well, your they, number? Well, they had a massive fan base at that time. Oh, did they? So, ever? I remember them. Yeah. Coming, I remember them coming to Three XY when they toured, and uh, we had to have security on the front and back doors, and uh, had to sort of try and sneak them in and out of that little building in uh, King Street, which was not easy. Um, it was a bit of fun, but wasn't easy. Uh, your number one, Ken. Yeah, your good one. Uh, sorry, but Brian missed the perfect cue there. Uh, but Brian, they had to sneak them out the back door. Oh, <laughs> back door. <laughs> How are the people in the pub right. looking at you when you're yelling out back door and giggling, Brian? Well, How's that well, going? I just out? noticed that. There's another guy in this local lounge sort of on the phone doing business, and then he just heard me and he's giving me the most evil stare. And I don't, quite frankly, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, you're trying to organise something. You've got me in the back going, back door, you know. Yeah, he's, on the phone. he's on the phone to his mother. <laughs> he's on the phone to his mother saying, no, I'm just I'm just out doing a few things, and he's in the middle of a pub with a bloke giggling going back door. Oh, no, don't worry. Yeah. I'll buy that. Well, certainly a day he won't forget in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number one, Ken? All right. Number one, there, there was a couple of good ones in there to choose from. But I was actually tempted to go with uh, track 23, Olivia Newton-John, Soul Kiss, and I noticed uh, that album, the, uh, the title track from the album, that album was actually number 15 on that particular chart. And the thing I remember most about that album is that uh, Olivia is actually pictured topless on that album cover. What? What? So Olivia is topless on the Soul Kiss album she cover. Got, she got the, the hooters out. <laughs> Well, no, they, they were number were twenty-four. Well. <laughs> but if you go and Google it, you will find that on that album cover, Olivia Newton-John was topless. So that was. Hey, can you see everything, or just the top? Well, I'll let you go and have a, a Google when we finish this. But um, there you go. A lot of people have forgot that one. Yeah, oh, just, I wouldn't mind checking just, out Olivia's. Just ad lib for five minutes, will you, Brian? And I'll be back. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Hello, folks. You're listening to Rock and Roll. <laughs> uh, but, but look, number one, uh, it's slightly predictable, but um, it, it was an EP at the time, and it was number two on this particular chart, the Aussie band Midnight Oil, the Species to Species EP, but the track that got the airplay was a track called Hercules. That's right. Which I still think is an absolute killer Midnight Oil song. Yeah. So I'm going to put that as my... Uh, my favourite from this particular survey where I've searched through the dirt to find it. Oh, yeah. Have you ever? You've, really, you've had to walk over a lot in the, uh, on, the, on the sidewalk to get to the actual good bit. Uh, yeah, not a, bad, uh, not a bad record, that uh, Midnight Oil one. Didn't mind Hercules. Yep. I'm, not a, I'm not a massive fan by any stretch, but I didn't mind that. All right, Brian. Yeah, I still love that track. Number one for you, Brian, bad and good. Bad? Well, there's, there's a few I could have put in for bad, but this song is voted unanimously and frequently as the worst song in the world. And I speak of uh, Starship, <laughs> which uh, we built this city. Built this city. What did you build? Wuhan. Come on. <laughs> that was just, that is just such a poxy song. It annoys everybody. Even the guy that write, wrote it and would have made shitloads of money, even he doesn't like it. <laughs> so, you know. Can't write a song and say, "Geez, I hate that." It was you know, it was cool. absolutely written for American uh, AM radio. Absolutely written for that, uh, like the, like no other song I've ever ever seen. Um, but considering they came from a psychedelic sixties band, to end up with all that eighties crap all over them, that was disgraceful. Well, that, that um, series that I mentioned, this is Pop, which is on Netflix. Um, they do a thing on uh, the whole hate Asprey. Um, era of uh, 1967 in San Francisco. And one of the bands that they show a hell of a lot of is Grey Slick and Jefferson Airplane, and they were very good. Um, how they finished up being Starship and doing that crap <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is beyond me. I'm with you on it, and, and we mentioned this, I think, last week. You and Steve Kilby decided that that was the antithesis, the absolute definition of everything that's bad about music can be summed up in any Starship song. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Steve's got about as much patience for them as I do. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, now, my, my number one best one, now yeah. I never thought I'd be saying this, but because um, it's such a, a dearth of good songs, I'm going to have to say 
Jimmy Barnes with I'd Die to Be With You Tonight. Oh. Which is, you know, it's not bad, but it's, there's so much shit there. That's, that's the best. That's number 33. Barnes. Well, yeah. Well, Barnes yeah, is my well. number one as well in the good, but not that one. The first time like I heard Working Class Man, which is number three in that, I thought yeah. that is a bloody ripping song. Yeah, it is. I'm sick of it good now, and I'm sure Jimmy's probably sick of it too uh, in, in many ways, but the first sort of incarnation of it and the first month it was around before we flogged the bejesus out of it, um, I thought what a ripping song, What a you know, he sings it really well on the record. Everything about it just fitted perfectly. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, fair enough. What about your biggest stinker? Oh, <laughs> well, I've, I've saved this one up. I'm surprised you didn't pick it. Uh, again, it's a cover version. And yeah, I know which one you've got. Yeah, here. <laughs> and, and and I'm not a I'm not a massive fan of cover versions unless you bring something to the table that changes it, like an Eleanor Rigby with the you know doing the Zoot doing the Eleanor Zoot. Rigby, yeah, Cocker doing with a little help from my friends. That that kind of change, if you can make that to a song, you know, so, yeah. And again, I don't want to name drop, but Steve Kilby talked about that when, on the on the Life of Brian podcast when we talked about Under the Milky Way. He said, "There's like what do you say, fifty or sixty, seventy versions of that song." Oh, I think he said it's 500. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Actually, yeah, you're right. It was Caddy who said there were 70 versions of a song. But Well, maybe Caddy had 500. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they're, and, both and, very similar. they're both very similar artists. Yeah. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and it's got to be different to catch your attention. Well, this, I just thought, I, I was never a big fan of this song for starters, but then when UB40 and Chrissy Hine got together uh-huh. and did I got you, babe, I felt a little bit of sick come up in my mouth. <laughs> oh, look. I got the UB40 album. It's called UB40, f*** up your favourite. <laughs> and, and they got all of your favourite songs there. They just some lame-ass reggae beat up its ass. And I don't think you used to wander around in a, like a polar neck jumper or something, you know, like they were just the most shit band ever, you know. And, you know, if there's a case to say, look, only black dudes should play reggae. They're it. Um, now they're shit out. But God, I hate them. Good, well spotted, Ken. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, I hated it. Uh, it was yeah, just idea, awful. Ken. Just awful. Um, and like, there was a couple. Uh, you mentioned Arcadia. Living on video by Trans X is one that I certainly don't remember at all. And I didn't remember. No. I didn't remember. Ready for the world. Oh, Sheila was another song that I have no recollection of playing. And as I said, I was there in 1985 at 3XY. Uh, but, you know, we missed out some We missed out some really horrible songs that are in there as well we didn't mention. Um, we didn't mention The Cure. That is a good song, uh, In Between Days. That's not a bad song. Uh, yeah. There's a bit of Kate Bush in there. I'm surprised, Brian, you didn't pick John Parr's St Elmo's Fire theme, that Man in Motion song is one of your ones that you didn't like. I couldn't remember it, Ken. That's the only reason. That if I heard it, I'd probably <laughs> stick it straight in the, the worst pile. But I just couldn't remember it, so they – Got away with it this time. Yeah, and Dead or Alive, my heart goes bang. My God, that was an awful song too. Yeah, there were some shockers. Yeah, no so doubt about it. We'll go through the top yeah. ten. It was number ten, uh, as mentioned by Ken. If I was by Midjua. Number nine was uh, uh, Election Day by Arcadia. Number eight was Road to Nowhere uh, by the Talking Heads. <laughs> the, the Hooters yeah. was number seven, Brian. The Hooters. Oh, beauty! Hang them out. And we danced. <laughs> number six, Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie. Oh. Rip-off of Let It Be. Oh, yeah, it is too. Yeah, that piano bit's very Let It Be. And, uh, you know, I know John Kirk, when we talk about Lionel Richie, he always comes to the conclusion, what's he got? Lionel Richie, he's got absolutely nothing to offer. No, he's a joke. He's got nothing to offer. So Kirk's not a big fan of... uh, Lionel Richie, but you know, I thought he did a good job at the grand final when you compare him to Meatloaf. Actually, I thought, I thought he, did he was do great. A, I thought he did do a good job at the grand final. He did. Yeah, I was there that day and uh, just watching the Saints lose three grand finals in the space of two years. But uh, no, I, I thought he was really, really good. I thought this is not going to work. Lionel Richie playing a, to a footy crowd. No, he, he was fantastic because I, th- yeah, I think he, he sent himself up a touch. During the act, so yeah, um, that yeah. always goes down well with the Aussies. Mind he you, can himself up as much as Meatloaf. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf just took the fucking complete piss out of himself. <laughs> hey, can I just say, didn't you like Gil Gil McLaughlin doing the Meatloaf thing on the slide the other week? I thought that was really well done. 
I did, yeah. I thought he did really well, actually. I'm not a big rap for Gil McLaughlin either, but uh, I thought Gil did well with that one. Yeah, me I too. I thought he left out a key ingredient in meatloaf. What's that? Which is a big, fat gut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gil should have over-padded and, you know, so that he comes out and you go, wow, he makes meatloaf look like a rittle. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably concerned, though, when he goes into the drink, he's going to sink. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Got to get yeah. him out of there. Um, number five was Nikita by Elton John, not one of his finest mm-hmm. moments. Number four was Pseudo Echoes Don't Go. Number th- Don't go, oh, yeah. Yep. I, don't remember, I don't really remember Don't Go. I don't remember it going like that. You mean either. <laughs> don't go. Was it a ballad? Yeah. Really? No, it was, it was pop song. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Number three, Working Class Man. <laughs> number two was the Midnight Oil EP. And the number one song, this probably just sums up exactly what uh, the 6th of December 1985 was all about. The Power of Love by Jennifer Rush was the number one song. Mm. That sort of tells you something. The number one album was Little Creatures. Whitney Houston was number two and Jennifer Rush was number three. Jeez. <laughs> How many songs have been called The Power of Love? Um, have to be, well, two straight off, Jennifer Rush and Huey Lewis. Uh, uh, yeah, I reckon there was, I reckon there was another one too. Anyway. Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Yeah, they did one, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good call. There all in go. the 80s. Yes, all in the 80s. So there you go. We did Chart Attack uh, December 6, 1985. Now, the request was in for 1981 for next week. So, oh, God, that might be just as dreary as that one was. No, 81 will be all right. 1981 was all right. Okay. Yeah, because Punk was just sort of finishing and New Wave was coming in and there was a lot of interesting sort of things being done then. Okay. Yep. All right. I was uh, that was my last year of Brisbane Radio. So I, uh, I was doing breakfast. So a lot of stuff that was around then that was. That hard edge punk stuff I didn't get to play in breakfast, but never mind. Right. Now, Brian, we've got are to we doing? we've got to rip through yes. our footy tips. Yes, okay. Finey will send me his uh, via text uh, message uh, before the end of the week, so we'll get them before the end of the week anyway. But okay. Here now, we go. It's round seventeen. Now, what happened in round sixteen? Just to recap, Brian, you got four, yeah. which is actually not bad. <laughs> um, so really? you're on seventy four. Finey and I both got six each. Uh, he's on 86, I'm on 87. We all missed on Richmond. Uh, you missed on Essendon. We all missed yeah. on uh, on Melbourne against the Giants. Uh, we all missed on Frio against Carlton. The Carlton win. Uh, yes, Brian. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you missed. Um, right. Uh, you picked the Eagles <laughs> and the Swans got up, of course. Um oh. We all got St Kilda and we all got the Western Bulldogs. So, yeah, 87, 86 and 74 are the current standing. So we'll rip through uh, these games. Ken, you're a St Kilda supporter? Yeah, a long-suffering St Kilda supporter. And you went to that uh, grand final and uh, the best thing you could find out of that grand final that year was was Lionel Richie. Your poor, Lionel Richie, yeah. Your, your poor bugger. <laughs> it's tough. Now this my life. This round 17 goes for about six weeks because it goes from Thursday night to Monday night. Goodness me. Yeah. Um, we Hello. start Thursday night, Brian. It's Port Adelaide yeah. versus Melbourne at Adelaide Oval on Thursday night. I'm going to go for the boys from Port Adelaide. So am I because I think, yeah, that's it, Port Adelaide. Who are you tipping, Ken? I'd go Melbourne on that one, actually, even though it's in Adelaide. Okay. I'm going to tip Melbourne there. I reckon they'll bounce back in that one. Right on. Okay. Uh, we got to Friday night's game is the Mighty Bombers, Brian, taking on the Crows at Marvel Stadium. So it's here in Melbourne, Friday night. You'd have to tip mm. the Bombers, wouldn't you? Well, I will. I just think that some of our younger blokes have looked a bit cooked last week, and I think we probably need to rest some of them. Um, and But, um, yeah, I'm picking the Bombers. So what? You've given up on finals? Um, I've given up on finals. Hmm. No, no, I think we're still a, a vague chance. But, okay. um, you know, but, um, yeah, I think the Bombers can probably do it. But, uh, yeah, the Bombers. Okay. Ken? Yeah, I'm with Brian. I'll go with Essendon on that one. Beautiful. Saturday, we've got three games on Saturday. Hawthorne take on Frio uh, down in Tassie. That's a 1.45 game Saturday afternoon in Tasmania. Lots happening at the Hawthorne Footy Club this week with the uh, succession plan in place now for Alistair Clarkson to make way for uh, for Mitchell. Um, what do you think, uh, Brian, Hawthorne or Frio? Well, normally 
I think the players from Hawthorne will be going, hang on, got a new coach coming in, he might want to get rid of me. I think he'd be apt to impress the new coach. So um, I'll go Hawthorne. You're going to go Hawthorne. All right, I'm going to go Frio, actually. Uh, wow. I don't know why. I just think they might uh, they might get up and win that one. Ken? Yeah, I'll go Hawthorne. I think uh, Hawthorne have got more experience in Tasmania and I think that will get them over the line. And the, as I say, the, the succession plan with Sam Mitchell, I think they've got a bit of spark and they'll have something to play for. All right. Carlton take on Geelong. This will be at the MCG Saturday afternoon at 4.35. It's Carlton's home game, obviously, at the uh, at the G. Brian? Uh, Geelong. Yeah, I think Geelong too. Can't can't see them uh, not winning that. Who are you going for, uh, Ken? Yeah, I'll go Geelong as well. The Cats. Then we've got uh, your mob, St Kilda, a take on the Brisbane Lions. Now, I'm not quite <laughs> sure where that's being played, actually. Uh, no, dude. Well, I don't think they've confirmed just yet. No. Because, of course, the, the biggest problem they've got with all these games happening where they are is that they've got to get broadcast bands around to these games. So that's why they've got to stretch them out a bit. Oh, okay. So it's more a, it's more of television reason why they haven't announced what it is? Because this, this was actually the – I'm reading this off the AFL press release from last night, and I didn't realise they hadn't locked in uh, the venues for two of the games. No, last time I looked, there was no venue locked in as yet. Okay. But- uh, Brisbane last Lions. Time and... I looked, last time I looked, they were playing in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be possible, Brian. Who would win if they were playing in your backyard, the Brisbane Lions or St Kilda? Well, if Brisbane gets the clothesline end, I reckon that'd be a good thing. So <laughs> I'll go for Brisbane. Brisbane Lions, right? Who you going for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head over rules the heart. The Lions for me. Okay. Do you do you tip with your head, not your heart? Always. <laughs> when you're a St Kilda supporter. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm a doggy supporter, and there's been many a year when we've only won one or two games, and I've still tipped them because there's that one week where you play someone like, you know, in the halcyon days of the early 90s when you play someone like the Eagles and you think, oh, no, I won't tip them this week, and you don't, and they bloody win and everyone goes, oh, well, you would have got seven this week, Kev, because you would have tipped the Bulldogs, and you look at them and go, "Uh, no, I didn't. So you just yes. Well, when when you saw that they were so far up at three quarter time on uh, Sunday, and they came close to losing it, yeah, <laughs> got no faith in their abilities at all. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Sunday's games, Giants take on the Gold Coast. We don't know where that one will be, but it'll be at half past twelve in whatever time zone they play it in. Given it's a Sydney team playing a Queensland team, I've got no idea where that'll be played. Uh, who do you like? I actually heard that that, that game's going to be played at uh, Ballarat. Oh, that's right, yes. At the Mars Stadium. Yes, I think you're right, actually. I think that I, is... I initially saw Mars, and that wouldn't have surprised me if they were playing there, but you know, it's the Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Yes, yeah. McLaughlin's good. He can do meatloaf impersonations, <laughs> but he can't... At this stage, he still can't put two teams on Mars to play a game. Not yet. No, but don't <laughs> trust me. He'd be working on it. <laughs> Who do you like, Brian, the Giants or the Gold Coast Suns, seeing it's being played on Mars? Um, I think the uh, Giants will adapt to the... Ballarat coldness better than the Gold Coast. Yeah, I agree. I'll go for the Giants yeah. as well. What do you reckon, Ken? Yeah, Giants for me. I think they'll have the home ground advantage on that one. One of the best games of the weekend will be at Marvel Stadium on Sunday afternoon at 20 past three. It's the Western Bulldogs in Sydney, so two top eight teams uh, are going at it. Brian? Oh, I've got to go for the Bulldogs. Ken? Yeah, what's great for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, funnily enough, uh, Richmond take on Collingwood. <laughs> this will be at the G on Sunday afternoon at ten past four. Tigers gone, Brian. Gone. Geez, it's, they're looking a bit gone. They might sneak into the eight, but I think they're going to just drop straight out. Um, to lose the Gold Coast last week was a bit of a concern, and they've still got plenty of injuries, have they? Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's many blokes coming back. Collingwood, nah, look, you couldn't barry for Collingwood if they were playing the Taliban. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll go for, um, who was it? Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, I'll go for the the time. Ken, are you going for Richmond, uh, Collingwood or the Taliban uh, this particular time? (laughs) Look, I should go for Richmond, but uh, I know Collingwood are a lot further down the ladder, but having seen them play on Sunday... And you know, they were really coming good in that final quarter. If they can keep that up, I reckon they're I reckon they're a chance against Richmond. Yeah, well, four ten start. That would be about when they started to come good the other day. So they might actually <laughs> they, they might actually start reasonably well. No, there, yeah, is, okay. is there anything more annoying as a football fan than watching your team play a really good last quarter when you know they're not going to win the game? No, God, no, no, basically. 
pisses me off because you did. Yep. You, you think, well, if you'd done that half an hour ago, boys, you know, in the start, yeah. it drives you nuts. Anyway, that, uh, that ground absolutely came alive when Collingwood started coming back on Sunday, and yeah, there was such an atmosphere. And I'm just thinking, you know, if it had been like this all day, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to how, how sort of deathly quiet it was in the first half. Um, yeah. Having said all that, I'm going to go for Richmond um, for this, probably the same reasons that you are and uh, just got a text message from Gil McLaughlin saying there'll be a team in the Taliban colours uh, by the end of next weekend, Brian. <laughs> well, I, I hope they can organise Tasmania get the team to have the Tasmanian <laughs> Taliban. That's it. That's exactly that. That's it. And they want you to be number one ticket holder. That's all right. I'm- I'll be happy to do that. Yes. Yeah. Final you game. You think it's self-destruct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Final game is uh, Monday night, Eagles taking on North Melbourne at uh, Optus Stadium in Perth because they're allowed to have a 100% uh, full crowd, which is interesting given the COVID restrictions will be lifted apparently in Perth by then so they can have a full house, which is good. Uh, Eagles good. or North Melbourne, Brian? Uh, I think the Eagles embarrassed themselves last week uh, and the coach will have given them a huge kick up the arse. And at home, I think they'll be too strong for uh, North Melbourne. The only reason yeah. I'm tipping them is because it's there. Ken? Yeah, I'd love to see North Melbourne have some success finally, but no, I think I think West has to be too strong. Yep, I yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, at home. Uh, and, Brian, I didn't notice uh, there, there are not uh, that many uh, Essendon players in the top 100 highest paid AFL players list. Uh, well, Dylan Shields is sort of about 800. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Zach Merritt's probably going to be on about 800. Yeah. Um, and Darcy will probably get Darcy about seven, I think. Um, I'm not sure, but that's this. okay. It's, you know, I'd rather have a, a good team rather than a mediocre team with a superstar in it. There's against a Carlton. Awful, <laughs> awful lot of uh, former Essendon players, though, on an awful lot of money at uh, different clubs. Oh, yeah, Paddy Wright would be on the right money. Um, Most of which you're paying for through the Essendon coffers, incidentally. What? Who are we paying for? Oh, you're still paying for a couple of them. I think you've still got part of Danaher's salary, haven't you? No, he can just – no, we're not paying him. Why should we pay? He told us he doesn't love us anymore. Well, there's no point living together. Well, Collingwood is still playing for uh, Trelaw's, part of Trelaw's thing. That's the way the deals are done these days, Brian. Yeah. Not very happy about that. It'd be like if you left the Uncanny X Men and joined, say, Rose Tattoo, and for the first yeah. t- the first ten gigs that you did, the X Men had to pay half of your fee. They wouldn't be very happy about that. No, okay. you can <laughs> you can imagine. Absolutely, yeah, you go berserk. <laughs> <laughs> he would. Uh, and looking forward to the NRL's uh, version of uh, of that one. It'll be the one hundred dumbest NRL players. <laughs> Oh, right. Aren't they a pack of feeding and full-on dickheads? Oh, just, because, just because some bloke decided it was a good idea to piss in his own mouth, so you, you want to you you bag him for that? Yeah, he's in the top Bit five. Of- he'd be in the top five. The bloke who had the COVID party on the weekend, he'd be going top five status. Oh, there's a few Where of them. Where'd he put John Hoppawati? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Yes. The donut digit king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, just, just out of interest, how are the people in the bar looking at you now when you've just sung the Hopawati song? Well, I'm out in the smoking lounge by myself. Um, right. So I haven't upset anybody, but as soon as this is over, I'll go in and upset a few people. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Clive's gone home. Yes, yes, the bloke doing the drug deal in the front part of the bar. Is he gone yet? He, he, he well, he's waiting, for me to, he's waiting for me to get off the phone. <laughs> uh, hey, Ken, thanks so much for uh, for jumping in at the last minute and being part of the program. It's been really good fun. Thank you. Yeah, good thanks, on Kevin, you, Ken. Thanks, Brian. Good on you, mate. Thank you. And, uh, and Ken, the shadow boxer story. Oh, okay. Just quickly, I know you talked about um, Shadow Boxer when it came up in Chart Attack recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you listen closely, part of that song is inspired by a, another Australian rock classic. So if Ooh. you listen closely, there's a part in uh, Shadow Boxer where he's basically Shadow Boxer. <laughs> that was stolen by the producer Mark Opitz out of the song that he heard on the radio on the way to the recording studio that day, which he absolutely loved. Which was Skyhook's huge hit at the time, "Women in Uniform." Uniform, yeah, yeah. He, he he loved that part, and he actually stole it and put it in 
shadow boxer. Now, he never told the band and he never told anybody else, but sheepishly, he ran into Greg McCain to the party many years later and thought, oh, should I, should I, should I not? And he did approach him and tell him and was worried about what the reaction would be. But Greg was absolutely thrilled because Greg McCain is a huge Angels fan and was quite honoured that part of his song ended up in one of theirs. Wow. wow. There you go. Very nice. Never knew that. Great story. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Ken. Later, boys. Beautiful. Right. Good on you, Ken. Thanks for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks, Kevin. Ken Thanks, Francis Brian. joining us. Brian no Mannix, that's it for you. Or you can go back into the pub now. I'll have the uh, the chicken parmigiana with the chips. Thanks. <laughs> All right, then. And salad on the side or vegetables? Uh, no, salad for me. Thanks. Yeah, fair enough. Little bit no, of, no, I don't a, like a little bit of dressing and some for yourself. They've <laughs> yeah, also got a promotion here yeah. for, 20, for 20 bucks. And it's the pot and pull promotion. So you, <laughs> you, you you get a pot and then you go into the disabled toilet and there's someone waiting for you in there. Brian, and, uh, Brian. We're raising, we're Brian. raising money for charity, Kevin. Yeah, number 42, your <laughs> chicken parmesan. There you go, Brian. They've just called you, mate. You need to go. All right, then. <laughs> bye-bye. Next time, bye. See you, Ken. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.